Our scripture reading for this morning comes from the book of 2 Kings, chapter 5, verses 1 through 14. Listen for God's holy word. Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Aram, was a great man in high favor with his master, because by him the Lord had given victory to Aram. The man, though a mighty warrior, suffered from leprosy. Now the Aramians, on one of their last raids, had taken a young girl captive from the land of Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, If only my lord were with the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. So Naaman went in and told him that his lord, just what the girl from the land of Israel had said. And the king of Aram said, Go then, and I will send along a letter to the king of Israel. He went, taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten sets of garments. He brought the letter to the king of Israel, which read, When this letter reaches you, know that I have sent to you my servant, Naaman, and that you may cure him of his leprosy. When the king of Israel read that letter, he tore his clothes and said, Am I God, to give death or life, that this man sends word to me to cure a man of his leprosy? Just look and see how he is trying to pick a quarrel with me. But when Elisha, the man of God, heard the king of Israel had torn his clothes, he sent a message to the king. Why have you torn your clothes? Let him come to me. Let him learn that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and chariots and halted at the entrance of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a message to him, saying, Go, wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored, and you shall be clean. But Naaman became angry and went away, saying, I thought that for me he would surely come out and stand out and call the name of the Lord his God. He would wave his hand over my spot and cure the leprosy. Are not Abana and Fapa, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Can I not wash in them and be clean? He turned and went away in a rage. But his servants approached him and said, Father, if the prophet had commanded you to do something difficult, would you not have done it? How much more when all he said to you was, wash and be clean? So he went down and immersed himself seven times in the Jordan. According to the word of man of God, his flesh was restored like the flesh of a young boy, and he was clean. Here ends our reading from scripture. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you very much. Well read, gentlemen. Glad to have the help and assistance of our scouts this morning. Now, since we have scouts here in uniform, and I know many of you have been involved in scouting over the years, I just want to see if any of you can name for me the motto of scouting. It's two words. Are you ready? Can we say it together? Yes? Be prepared. You got it. Very good. Now, uh, I, I just want to say that uh, I learned a lot in scouting about being prepared. Uh, just ordinarily, growing up as a kid, uh, I would go to school, I'd spend the afternoon out with friends, and then I was prepared to eat dinner, okay? But uh, only in scouting did I come to understand that my mother had worked long and hard to prepare the meal at my home because if I went on a camping trip with scouts I had to think about the ingredients for the food that I would have to pack. I had to think about the heat for the fire. I had to think about the source of the water. I had to be prepared. And boy, I appreciated my beloved mother so much more after cookouts with the scouts. Today we're gathered here at the table of our Savior. And what we uh, understand from reading the Gospel of John is that Jesus had been preparing his disciples all throughout the course of their journey over years together. 
And the last thing that he did in that gospel before sharing in the meal was get up from the table, kneel down, and wash the feet of all of his disciples. That last act of preparing love that would be before their supper together. Today we have a washing story in the scripture. And this scripture is part of a three-year cycle ecumenically offered to churches to reflect upon and this happens to be the one for today. The scripture was written during a time when there was uh, after David and after Solomon a weakened nation of Israel. It was two kingdoms. And there were superpowers around them, amongst them the Aramites, or Syria, whose capital was Damascus, where there was a great general named Naaman. This great and mighty effective general was accomplished in every way except he was afflicted with leprosy. Not a kind of fatal leprosy, according to scholars. It was just something that was troubling enough to be a genuine affliction. This great general had acquired wealth and accomplishment and even slaves from foreign lands, including a young girl who was a servant to his wife. And seeing his affliction, she made the remark, well, if only he would see the prophet in my nation of Israel, he would be healed. Word of this reached the king. The king then writes, the king of a superpower, to the king of Israel, and the king of Israel, this weakened nation, felt that it was a trap. And he says, God's the only one that can heal. Nonetheless, Naaman saddles up all of his chariots. He gathers up a bundle of money, brings his servants, and starts a magnificent parade down to the little muddy Jordan River. And he pulls up to the hut at the side of the river where this holy man is purported to live. As the horses arrive, the dust flies in the air and no one comes out of the hut. Eventually a little servant comes out and says, my master says you're supposed to go down to the river and wash seven times. Now Naaman the great and mighty general thought for all of the splendor he brought with him that at least the man could have the common decency of coming out to meet him. If this was supposed to be the magician of Israel, why wasn't he coming out to do this work? You remember, the king of Israel knew only God can heal. Now commentators remarking on this identify the fact that not only did Naaman have a problem that was an affliction of the skin, he had an affliction of the spirit. He was offended that this prophet didn't come out to him. He had an affliction of egotism. A commentator also says that he was upset with the thought that he would have to go down to this river. That's really more like a muddy stream. He's from Damascus, after all, the center of all culture with their mighty rivers, and the songs that he would sing are songs of the rivers of Damascus. And the commentator said he was also afflicted thereby with the spiritual sin of ethnocentrism. That is to say, he assumed that his people were the best people and that other people were somehow less than. Well, 
The question for Naaman really was a question perhaps for all of us, a question for the nations of this world. Do you want to be healed? So the servant of Naaman came to him and said, you're going to go home now because of this? You've been afflicted. It's a simple thing you're being asked to do. Won't you do this? And so the act of his healing began with humility. Naaman got out of the chariot, humbled himself, and went down to that little stream. And he washed himself seven times and his skin was restored. The word in Hebrew for restored here is shuv. It's the same word as repent, as renewal. Restored with this one simple act of humility. He was healed not through things high and mighty, not by pride and privileged. It was, he was healed the same way you and I can be healed, the way a nation is healed and has its wounds bound up through humility, the capacity to learn from a stranger, even a servant. At the Lord's table, our Savior knelt to wash, preparing a table of grace. He was teaching a lesson. Naaman learned to kneel, to wash. He was cleansed by a humble river of grace. Friends, in the anniversary year of this congregation, let us never forget the humble beginnings of our congregation. And on this week of independence, may our nation never forget our immigrant origins and our ideals as a nation. Scripture tells us following this event, Naaman believed in God, the one that can heal. Did you know that in 1956, the United States Congress established the motto of our nation, In God We Trust? And did you know that in 1782, the Congress established the motto of our seal of the nation, E Pluribus Unum, out of many, one. If you look at a dime, you can see both of those mottos. Now, there's an interesting set of mottos. For Americans, Independence Day is a time of national reflection. It is our washing day. A washing day in the ideals of our origins. For Christians, every Sunday, every Lord's Day is a washing day. So let the song we sing in this land of many songs always be a song of welcome and of grace. This I deliver to you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.